You're listening to Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby. And Barnaby is loving this. No filter? You have no filter. <laughs> that's, yeah. obvious. that's true. That's you good say whatever comes into your mind. Yeah. You don't really modulate your yeah. feelings at all. Yeah, so. it's a good thing for me, but it's a bad thing for water. Uh, yes, I might have shit myself in the back of the cab car, <laughs> showing up at the Drake Hotel with no pants, asked for a room key where the lady said, Mr. Barnaby, can I get ID? And I said, I would love to, but I don't have pants, and I think there's shit on the back of my legs. Now, here's Matthew Barnaby. Welcome, everyone. I'm Matthew Barnaby, and this is my podcast, Matthew Barnaby Unfiltered. My outlet to be able to share everything, National Hockey League, my life, my opinions, my thoughts on everything in the sports world and above. Interviewing guests, former teammates, great players from the past and present, also, poker players. I love poker. I love gambling. You're going to see in this show, especially because it's that time of year. NCAA basketball tournament. March Madness is here. That means lots of gambling for Matthew Barnaby. I, I, I should speak to myself. I almost I, I play with a guy that spoke to himself in third person. I don't want to bring up his name because he's a great guy. But don't speak to yourself in third person. Don't call yourself Barney or... There's people that do it. It's so annoying. So annoying. Fucking, you know, be, be, be a little better. Be a little better. Don't speak to yourself in third person. If you're that person, change because everyone hates it. Today, we're going to talk playoff races. Many, many going on. It's, it's, a, it's a great time of year to be a National Hockey League fan. Eastern Conference, Western Conference, teams vying to get in. Are they pretenders? Are they contenders? I'll let you know on this podcast because we are down to the nitty gritty. Whose teams are going to get in? and who are going to be on the outside looking in. I said, we will talk betting. We will talk betting. I'm going to tell you all the fucking money that I lost this weekend because I was absolutely putrid. I mean, I was bad. And the cardinal rule, the rule of thumb, don't chase. Can someone tell me that when I've drank a bottle of wine and I've lost like nine games in a row, not to chase? Not not happening. I'm always chasing, and I'm always losing. I took a big, big, big hit this weekend. Eugene Melnick, back at it again. Yep, the fucking idiot is back at it again. He needs a muzzle. Someone get this man a muzzle. He needs a handler, someone that just comes around and has like a shock collar on him. So when he goes to speak to the media, you just shock him and zap him and put him down. Almost almost like exactly in the mover hangover when Allen gets zapped. Remember for stealing the, the cop car? He should be getting zapped every time this man tries to speak. Ripping the Toronto Maple Leafs? Ripping Ian Mendez? Absolutely ridiculous. Don Cherry, the jerks are back at it again. And I'm not talking about the Carolina Hurricanes, them being jerks. That was that that was stupidity at its at its finest. Nope. Calling out Kuznetsov for his dance. I mean, doesn't he have the right? We're going to get to all of it right now, starting with the playoff races, starting in the Eastern Conference. Most teams are set. But we can look at Carolina. I think they've separated themselves. Huge win over Montreal in overtime. 91 points. Montreal at 88. And I think they are in the row when they have the advantage. So if we look at that, um, they've definitely separated themselves. Montreal is probably going to have to go 5-1 and one to overtake Carolina, even if Carolina is just average, because Carolina does have that game in hand. So I'm not even including Carolina in the conversation. This comes back to, or comes down to, Montreal versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, a team that pushed all in. They pushed all their chips in at the trade deadline, acquiring... Dezingle, Duchesne, guys that have been underwhelming. But at some point, you would think that they have to break it open. This team is too talented offensively, too talented on the back end. And they have Sergei Bobrovsky, a guy that they count on to win games. Huge win by Columbus. It was a must win. you got to beat the Vancouver Canucks. And they destroyed them. They dismantled them. 5-0 the other night. But Montreal picks up a point in overtime. They do have Carey Price. The problem with Montreal is do they have enough 
diverse scoring to be able to contend with Columbus down the stretch. They have two more points. They have 88. Columbus has have 86. But do they have enough with the schedule that they are going to face? Because they face a tough schedule down the stretch. Probably the toughest out of the two. They play the Panthers. Then they got Columbus. This is going to be the must win. I predict whoever wins in Columbus on Thursday will be the eventual team that makes the playoffs. Because then they got the Jets. Then they got Tampa Bay. Then they got Washington. And they finish off with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I truly believe if they do not beat Columbus in Columbus, which is going to be tough, that they have no chance of making it. Columbus is situated. They do have that game in hand. They are the better team. The better goaltender is with the Montreal Canadiens in Carey Price. But I think Columbus does eventually overtake the Montreal Canadiens and gets wild card two and gets to face who? The Tampa Bay Lightning. It's not going to be a long series, but at least they will get in for their fans, and that's what they want. That's why they did the moves they did at the trade deadline. Moving to the West. Dallas Stars lose a tough one to Pittsburgh. Colorado and Minnesota and Arizona. Arizona's in a tailspin. I mean, they are in a tailspin. They've only scored six goals in their last five games. Only two points back of Colorado for the second wild card spot. Minnesota is in the same position, all having played 76 games. Colorado, Minnesota, Arizona. Colorado with 81 points. Minnesota with 79 points. Arizona with 79. I don't think Arizona has the offense to be able to jump over Colorado. And Colorado, Philip Grubauer, who has taken over the number one job there, even with the injuries that they have, especially to Gabriel Landeskog, I think they're the best team out of Minnesota and Arizona. They're the most electric. Lately, they have a goaltender that has given them a chance to win in Grubauer, who's the third star of the week this week. They have Nathan McKinnon, one of the top five players, in my opinion, in the game today. And a power play that is streaky hot, and they've got more diverse scoring as of late. So I think in the East, it's Columbus that's in, Montreal's out, and I think the West is set. I think Dallas gets the wild card one, and Colorado gets the wild card two. That's for our races. We will keep you up to date on that as we go through. Many things can happen. That's why they play the games. We can look at strength of schedule. We can look at the better goaltender. We can look at who has the deeper team. But essentially, you still have to prove your points on the ice. And you have to, it's the rare sport that the X factor, the other team's goalie, can destroy everything that you put in by standing on his head. So we will watch how they unfold. We are getting down, like I said, to the nitty gritty. And playoffs are right around the corner, the best time of the year. It's really the only time of the year that I miss. There's not a lot of fighting. Concentrate on playing hockey. The weather's turning. It's beautiful. Everyone, there's 16 teams that are left that have a chance. And we've cleared out the bottom feeders who prepare for the draft in Vancouver this year. And all these franchises believe that they have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And that's what it's all about. That's what I miss. I don't miss the regular season at all. Missing having to fight every night. Not at all. So good luck to everyone as they try to get in. Good luck to the fan bases, to all of you. Cheering on your teams should be fun. Next up, betting. NCAA, March Madness. Man, I wish I was in Las Vegas. I actually just booked a trip to Las Vegas. Excited to go there next month, at the end of the month. Probably watch some Las Vegas Golden Knight hockey, whoever they will be playing, and no one wants to play them, by the way. They are so hot since the trade deadline, since acquiring Mark Stone, but should be a fun trip. I absolutely love it there. But the reason I bring up March Madness is I was a fucking degenerate this weekend. I lost a lot of money. I mean a shitload. And I'm betting on teams like Hofford. I'm betting on teams like Morris, I think in a pre-tournament game. I'm, I'm chasing down teams like LSU. And not only am I losing, I'm chasing them and doubling up and tripling up on them. They always say, don't chase your money. Don't chase a loser. Wait till the next game. Don't double up your bet. I wish I could listen. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I know it. My mama told me. My mama told me. You're an idiot. When I was younger. I am some days. 
Some days I'm pretty smart, I think. But yeah, I chased all weekend. I, I chased so many bets, and I was on the... I, I should have listened to my friend Johnny Oddshark, who's with Oddshark Betting. He was very good. And I went out on my own and then had some beers and drinks and then started chasing and, and lost a lot. So no one, any bets I put up there, any bets I put up, please please, please don't listen because I don't want to see you lose your money and do what I do because it's, it's, it's not fun to watch, not fun to lose. So good luck to everyone that's watching. Good luck for your teams out there. As the March Madness goes along, good luck if you are betters. Find it, follow my guy, Johnny Oddshark, on Twitter. He will give you what you should be betting. Very, very good. Eugene Melnick had so much go on. You had signs saying Melnick out. There were actually people that pulled their money together and took signs out on the highway saying hashtag Melnick out. That's how much he is hated as an owner in the great capital of Canada. Ottawa fans hate him, and rightfully so. They've traded away Mike Hoffman, Mark Stone, Duchesne, Ryan DeZingle, Eric Carlson, and nothing goes right for this team. If I'm on a team, or I'm part of an organization, I'm the owner, and we're in last place overall. We have 58 points. We're in last place overall. Oh, by the way, we gave up our, our first pick overall that could be a generational talent in Jack Hughes. I would probably just kind of slither away and go to my house in Bahamas. Go to Burt's Bar that I owned. That's where I would go. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be talking. That's the last thing I'd want to do. I wouldn't be talking. Why would I want to bring attention to myself? So no, what do we do? We go on the Fan 590 in Toronto because we are going to tell Toronto fans that you have no chance at winning a Stanley Cup with the defense that Toronto has. Now, do I agree with that assessment? Yeah, I I don't think Toronto is going to win the Stanley Cup with their defense that they have. But Toronto has 94 points. You have 58 fucking points. You don't call out a team that, that is where they are and where you are. A team that has Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, Nazem Kadri, Jake Gardner, John Tavares, Morgan Riley, Anderson and Nett. I mean, all this team has done is, is taken themselves to the next level and put them in the contender category. You're at the bottom of the standings. Shut the fuck up. He said have a shock collar or... He should get stun-gunned like Alan did in the movie Hangover. Really should. Just anytime he goes to talk, shot collar. Zap him. Knock him out. Because you can't be making these asinine comments. Not only does he do that, he calls Ian Mendez, who works for TSN 1200. Bush League. Bush League in the way that he reports. Now, anyone that knows Ian Mendez... Knows he's a phenomenal guy, first of all. A great father. A great husband. And a terrific reporter. Honest? Yes. Critical sometimes? Yes. Does he give you the benefit of the doubt? Yes. He has been more than admirable the way that he has handled the debacle, the schmozzle, the fucking absolute asinine thing that is the Ottawa Senators. I think an apology is is due and surprised it has not come yet. I guess not surprised is the word because Mel, Melnick doesn't do anything right. Doesn't do anything. And micromanages everyone. So I'm curious to see. They, they're bringing in hockey ops guy. I'm curious to see who this is going to be because you still have to report to Eugene Melnick. And that's recipe for disaster. We have seen it time and time again. You want to know another jackass? And this is a guy that I grew up idolizing, so this hurts me to say. And I said it last week with Don Cherry calling the Carolina Hurricanes a bunch of jerks. Now, do I like them doing the storm surge after they win and playing basketball on the ice and duck, duck, goose and duck hunting? Fuck no, I hate it. 
I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid. I wouldn't want to be a part of it. They're in a market that they find that they have to sell the game a different way. I'm okay with it. It doesn't change anything. I, I don't like it. But do I really fucking care? No. To call them jerks was wrong. And I said that last week. To take it a step further, he calls Kuznetsov. Now, Kuznetsov, we know he does the the bird celebration after. I think it's for his kid. I'm not positive, not 100% unequivocally sure of that statement, but I think that is the case. Even if it isn't, I don't care. He has the right to do any celebration he wants after a goal. Watch the NBA. Watch the NFL. It's fun. It's fun. Where I don't like the celebrations after because it's not part of the game. This is in the moment and exciting, and I love celebrating after goals. So for Don Cherry, first of all, I'm going to read the quote verbatim so I don't mess it up. Watch the jerk here now after he scores the goal, Cherry said. He misses here. He's deep in the end. Watch Hedman get the goal. Remember, kids, hockey night in Canada. Karma hockey. It always comes back. He's not even in the thing. He is a jerk, and he aspires the other team. Remember, kids, never inspire the other team. First of all, that's a fucking asinine statement. Teams are trying to win whether you celebrate or not. And if you need extra motivation from a team to to score, so if he thinks that Victor Hedman, as he was skating up the ice, was thinking of Kuznetsov scoring, and that was his motivation, well, then I'm in the wrong fucking business and I played the wrong sport for 15 years because that's absolutely moronic. First of all, we don't demean people and their character. We don't call people jerks unless we really know them and think they're a jerk. Then I'm all for it. If he knew of getting his nets off and thought he was a jerk, call him a jerk. If, if I know someone and I think they're jerks, I'm going to call them a jerk. I'm going to call it to their face. But when... When you call a guy or a team jerks, this is his second time in two weeks, for their actions, and, and not not malicious intent or malicious actions, for a stupid celebration after a game that Carolina has, or a celebration that Kuznetsov, I think, does for his kid, you're a jerk because of it? No. The real jerk, the real jerk here is Don Cherry. That's who... The real jerk is. He's the real jerk in all of this. <laughs> oh, yeah, Riley? <laughs> well, the jerk store called. They're running out of you. I told you I had a guest. Uh, he's on the line with me now. Brad May played 18 seasons, almost 300 points, over 2,200 PIMS, Stanley Cup champion, 1991 World Junior champion. Former Niagara Falls Thunder, played for seven teams, all around great guy. Probably the guy that I think threw bombs the absolute hardest I've ever seen. Brad, welcome to Matthew Barnaby Unfiltered. How are you? <laughs> Buddy, so good to hear from you. Everything well, my man? I can't, I can't take you that serious, but you know what? That's a great intro. Yeah, well, you, you are a World Junior Champion. You're a Stanley Cup Champion. Uh, I want to go. I, I, I hope you're well. Are you in Arizona? Are you in uh, you've Vegas? Never, you've, um, you know what? I'm actually in, in Denver right now. We do all our road uh, Vegas' road games at the studio. So um, I'm in Denver right now, but um, I don't think you've ever treated me that nice, Matthew, and I really appreciate it. I know. Well, trust me, it's going to get worse as we go along here, so don't get used to it. You're not at the Diamond Cabaret then, I guess. Oh, no, no, no. What, what is that now? It's, it's a great steakhouse. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I don't know it. No, I know. I know you wouldn't. Um, let, let me take you back to junior because I want to start where your career started in Niagara Falls and obviously before being drafted in the first round and being a silver spoon brat, never getting to play in the minors. You started in junior. Tell me about that team. Tell me about your coach and tell me how fucking tough that team really was. Oh, back in Niagara Falls, we were, um, we had, I want to say, Matthew, we had five or six guys over 200 penalty minutes. And we had five or six guys in the top 10 scoring. Not sure which one, but those numbers are somewhat accurate. And I had 300 minutes. 
um, 300 and something, um, my first year junior. And um, they didn't count tens. And I think if they would have count tens with all the games I got kicked out of, would have got a game misconduct. I probably would have had over 500 penalty minutes. But um, in saying that, that was just my own my own little uh, part to this team. We played Brian Fogarty, and I want to say if there was if the NHL had more uh, 22, I think at the time there was only 21 teams. Um, obviously to draft players um, in today's format with 30, 31 teams, we would have had nine or 10 first round draft picks um, on that team in junior. So pretty awesome. Our coach was Bill LaForge and um, he was an animal. He loved fighting and he loved the tough hockey. And then once Bill left, I ended up having um, played for uh, a coach, George Burnett, who ended up going on to coach in Edmonton and whatever. So, no, you know what? I was around some good hockey people that, that were able to develop not only myself but my teammates. And um, a bunch of us had a great opportunity and a great time playing in the NHL afterwards. So, Amazing. Um, it's fun. T- tell me tell me one story from that Niagara Falls team with Bill LaForge because I've heard so many over the years from you, and it, it blows my mind because we had a tough team in the Quebec League, and it was crazy there. But your stories from Niagara Falls, you have one that stands out that you're like, holy shit, I can't believe we did that. Well, there's a, there's a number of them actually. Um, I'll give you a couple and I, and I didn't do it and I'm not going to tell you who did, but, um, guys would shave their visors down. Um, cause we used to have to wear half shields, half visors and they'd shave the, the visors. You know, they down can't so get in trouble they... now. You can use names. I mean, we're, they're, they're not getting in trouble. They aren't getting suspended now, buddy. That's true. That's true. And you know what? But the late Bill LaForge, um, I'm not suggesting he, he did this, but I, you know what? I just trying to protect everybody's image, Matthew, but <laughs> don't, Hey, if you're not cheating, their... you're not trying to win, buddy. <laughs> hey, guys would shave their visors down so that when somebody tried to punch you in that fight, cause there was no instigator rule. Like basically you could go and grab anybody you wanted. Um, as soon as the guy threw a punch, he'd split his hands wide open. And, uh, the other g- couple guys on our team would, put the threads of their screws as opposed to screwing in the screws in the outside of your helmet to the inside, you know, with that perfect, perfect threading, we take a little extra length of a screw and we do it from the inside out. So there'd be actually threads from the screws on the outside of your helmet. So when a guy would punch you, he would rip his hands apart. And then there's a few guys that got that. We would, um, our coach would, would get somebody in the building to, pour like the shavings from the um from the skate sharpener um on on the mat the rubber mat as the other team would walk out to the ice and within about five minutes of the first period we'd be up by about four goals because five or six players on the other team had to get their skate sharpened and they couldn't skate so like these are stories 100 percent true um bill forge was awesome did did he build your bench higher so you were looking down on the other team to intimidate them. And at one point in a playoff game, did you guys come out, do one quick lap, look at the other team, and then skate off? We've uh, That that did happen. Um, probably the biggest one. I was actually just talking to Claude Noel, um, who obviously used to coach in the NHL. He was he was with um, Burt Templeton in the North Bay Centennials. Yeah. And he goes, I remember you in your rookie year when you came up. So Niagara Falls Thunder came up to play North Bay. And literally, as we got off the bus, we all got dressed. And Bill said, go sit on the bench. You guys are not warming up. But sit on the bench. So our whole team sat on our bench for 20 minutes and stared at North Bay Centennials as they warmed up. And then we didn't go on the ice. And then, of course, the Zambonis come out. And the first period starts. And it's an absolute fight night. And we had the best team in I mean, at one time we were rated, or a lengthy part of that season, we were rated number one in Canada. Um, yeah, we were we were a tough team, and we had a lot of guys that would just destroy, uh, obviously, other players. From Paul Laus, and you know Lauser, Matthew. He was top, uh, man. De- Dennis Vl, The Keith dancing Primo, bear. The dancing bear, yep. Adrian Vandersloot, Mark, uh, Al LaForge. Then you had myself, who was a complete retard and idiot. And... Um, you know, skating around. So yeah, a lot, a lot of fun. We were, um, we were a crazy group of guys. When did you realize, I mean, your, your stats in your, in your draft year, you had 91 points in 223 minutes in a very tough league. When did you realize not only you were going to be drafted, but you were going to be a first rounder? You know what? Probably what it wasn't, it wasn't until the next season. Um, Bill LaForge took me aside 
And he said, listen, um, I think you you have an opportunity. You've proved last year that you were tough and you can, you know, beat up and whatever and fight with the big guys. And um, now we got to make you a player and you're going to play with Keith Primo. Um, the two of you are going to lead our team and whatever. So, and then Bill ended up getting fired a couple, maybe a month or two later. And, and George Burnett took over and he couldn't have been more opposite of, of Bill LaForge. However, he was able to um, expand I think he helped me expand my game where I didn't have to run around and, and, and be that physical guy all the time. And um, anyways, it, it really turned out well, obviously first round draft pick and tons of fun. I mean, what a, what an unbelievable life, honestly, play, got to play hockey. We, I'm a father. You're a father still watching your son play. I mean, it's a kid's game and we got to play it at the highest level and get paid for it, travel the world and have a ton of fun. So um, incredibly blessed. Your your first year in the NHL, you had 309 penalty minutes in a very tough era, and I came in a few years later. But that year, what do you remember? And then I, when I came up, uh, you had the chance to play with uh, Alexander McGillney and Pat Lafontaine. And if it was a Sesame Street thing, you'd always, one thing doesn't belong. You might not have been that guy, but you added so much to that line and the physical presence presence that you added for them what do you remember playing with patty and alex and and that first year with the 309 penalty minutes i remember they were selfish as selfish can be i'd be wide open in front of the net honestly ready for another tap in <laughs> and they would keep the puck between the two of them they would score i wouldn't get a point although i did get a plus <laughs> hey i was so much better they, they they just didn't realize it at the time I love it. I love it. Yeah. They would, they would, they would, Patty would look up, see number 27. He'd put his head down and skate another 10 feet <laughs> looking for number 89. But um, no, it was a, listen, I had a, I had so many great opportunities. I got to play with Howard Chuck, obviously for a little bit, got to play with you, Matthew, you know, me, me you and Razor. We had a, we had a lot of fun for a few games and you know what? You bounce around in the lineup, but having the opportunity to, to like, you know, actually play with LaFontaine and McGillney was was extra special, no doubt about it. You brought up Razor. I'm sure you fought him in your first camp. We fought at, at rookie camp. Uh, give me your best Rob Ray story. Give me your best Matthew Barnaby story. You can say anything you want. Oh, my God. I can? You can go anywhere okay. you want. Anywhere you want. Hey, here, here. I'm going to hold on first. for dear breath here, by the way. Well, no, here, here's the deal. I, I was going to say I'm shit my pants, but that, that story has been told by you many a <laughs> times. Hey, it's coming. It's coming. Oh, God, here I go. All right. no, I'll be no, back in 20. Hey, <laughs> hey, Matthew, first of all, you guys were crazy. You and Matt, or you and Rob, of course, I was part of that mix. We had Boogie that came in and played with us as well. And we had a lot of fun, obviously. Um, Razor, I mean, maybe the cheapest guy around, never carried around money, had two or three $1 bills scrumpled up in his pocket. He would throw it out at a table. Guys would feel so bad for him that they'd end up buying lunch or dinner for Rob. And somehow, listen, I call him cheap, but he was awfully smart because he kept every dollar he ever made. It certainly seems that way. He's a, he's a bright guy. Um, you, Matthew, we had so much fun. Fist fights on the bench, fist fights on the bus, card tables being flipped on the airplane. That fucking spaghetti you spilled all over me on that fucking plane because I was ripping Bobby Boogner and you fucking flipped the fucking spaghetti all over my fucking suit. I was so fucking nervous because you don't get squirrely too often. And when you do, I, I no one throws bombs like you. Like you don't hold on like the normal person. I fucking shit my pants again. Hey, hey, I felt so bad. I didn't mean to throw the spaghetti, but I just kind of lost it a little bit. As for the shitting your pants, um, Listen, every one of us, and even the people listening right now, we've all had close calls. We've all shit ourselves, no <laughs> doubt. And if you if you don't tell me, you're probably lying. But I saw one of my best friends and best teammates downtown Chicago poop his pants. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of that whole story because it goes on a long time. Yours. But yeah, it was. It was... <laughs> It was me, it you, Razor, Jay McKee, who was an 18-year-old kid, Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan's handler. Uh, yes, I might have shit myself in the back of a cab car, showing up at the Drake Hotel with no pants, asked for a room key where the lady said, Mr. Barnaby, 
can I get ID? And I said, I would love to, but I don't have pants. And I think there's shit on the back of my legs. So, yes, I. she was fortunate enough. You were fortunate enough to get me to my room. I was okay. Uh, yes, yes, we've all done no, it. We've, we've all been it, there. It, we've all been there. And you know what? And anybody that says they haven't, they're lying, I'm sure. Somewhere, somewhere in a car ride home, this stuff has happened to people. But never downtown in a big city with your friends. I don't know if that that's true. But you know what? It's, it, I had a great time. You and Razor were awesome. Um, our, our time together, Matthew, in Buffalo was, was obviously a ton of fun. Um, we probably should have won more games. Um, we had some good teams. We had some good players. But um, I cherish those moments. I still identify myself I played the, my most no, most years with Buffalo. I still I see myself as a Buffalo Saber. If I if I shut my eyes, wearing that color, that white jersey, and um, yeah, proud, proud, Raise, Raise, proud to have you as a friend. Me too, brother. Me too. Uh, Rob was cheap. Fuck, he signed his new contract. I remember it was like six hundred thousand at the time, and he came in with a, a brand new Taurus, no no air conditioning and no power windows. I was like, you bought this. He's like, no, fuck no. I got it for free. I'm just doing some commercials for them. No fucking way I'm buying a car. That guy's never bought a suit or a T-shirt. If it doesn't say Coors Light on it from Serto Brothers, uh, he, he, he wasn't getting it. He's never bought a fucking thing in his life, and I can't wait to have him on at one point. You are my first guest. You're my first guest ever, and uh, it was important because I, I, I appreciate you so much, respect you so much. I wanted to bring you back to probably the highlight of your career. I don't think you can get any better than this, and it happened early on. Uh, one goal made you about $15 million. The fucking mayday, mayday, mayday. Uh, absolutely one-hand toe-dragging. One of the greatest defensemen of all time, <laughs> Ray Bork, uh, against Boston. We knocked them out. And when I say we, I mean you guys, because I was sitting in the stands and just called up from junior with half a jagged tooth and a long mullet. And I just got to reap the benefits of going out to kicks. Uh, what do you remember from that game, that moment, that play, everything, uh, replay it for everyone out there. Well, first of all, um, I love it. I love it. And yes, I had the opportunity in the, in overtime, just, just go on YouTube guys. There's been probably 50 million hits on it. It's one of the greatest <laughs> goals of all time. Not, not a big deal. Not a big hey, deal. You know what? It's, um, it was actually, it's been celebrated many times over and, um, it was actually pretty cool, but it was more the timing. Like, I mean, guys play their whole lives and their careers and you don't necessarily have a defining moment. Um, that's a defining moment for me. It, it certainly wasn't my whole career. And there, obviously there was a lot of other things and many other teams and different accomplishments. But uh, for me as an individual, I mean, my nickname's Mayday and um, it's absolutely a ton of fun. And I get embarrassed sometimes just because, I mean, think about it. You, you roasted one of the best players to ever play the game in Ray Bork. I mean, Hey Ray, here's the puck. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> Back end toe drag. <laughs> and then it's like a little, little fake clapper for Andy Moog. I mean, Andy Moog is a Stanley cup winner and he bit hard on, on, on this fourth liners, you know, pump fake. And, um, that's what I'm telling you. If Patty and Alex actually knew how good I was and could have been, I would have had so many more. Those assholes. Those <laughs> assholes. It was an unbelievable moment and, and really my welcoming party to the NHL, even though I was Matthew, on... I remember coming Matthew, I remember coming off the ice and you were standing right right I say the the aisle way or whatever. Yeah. You and, and Razor and Gordy Donnelly and Pete Savoda. And I, I remember the I, I can see you right now. And you had like you had like maybe your mullet wasn't as bad as mine because I had a bad mullet. But um, you definitely were rocking one. Yeah, I, yeah, it was it was bad. Half a tooth. I couldn't even afford to put my tooth in yet, so I was waiting <laughs> for the team to pay for it. You're, you're. I, I thought I had a bad draft day picture. Yours is one of the fucking worst. So anyone out there, go watch Brad May. But, Google it. Is is draft day picture in the in the first round, buddy? Buddy, the reason why I I, I I had a mullet. I cut it three inches off the back. It was tight on the sides. <laughs> it was awesome. But when I got the hat, you had to flip the, the hat. Starter, yeah. I didn't, I was like, what do you do? You can't, you know, bend the brim. It's, it's a brand new hat. And by the way, I don't want to ruin the mullet right now. It's, <laughs> it's pretty good. So I sat the hat right on top of my, my head's big to begin with. And then I sat the hat on the top of my head. I didn't even pull it down. It's a terrible picture. Terrible. T hey, I, I got a question for you. Yep. Can you tell the people 
the fans, Matthew, can you tell everybody about Philadelphia at the Sheridan Hotel in I the just playoffs? Snorted. I don't I don't snort very often. You actually made me snort because I actually in forgot about that. Yeah. That's one of my favorite favorite times in Buffalo. I, I will. And I was scared and I was scared for you. <laughs> I'm still sweating that John Muckler's gonna come in here and fucking whip my ass. Yeah, I was I was a healthy scratch. I was a young kid and watching these guys play, and I don't remember the the guy's name from Channel Four, uh, but Chuck Chuck Howard. Chuck Howard, it that's it. So I was I was being an idiot and running up and down the halls, and and I was playing games. We always used to play tricks, whether leaning uh, a, a, a a thing of water on someone's door and then knocking it, it open up and, and flooding through whatever it may be, shaving, cream, anything. Jokes along the way. I'm going to get to a joke that was played on you at some point here. But yeah, I, he opened the door. I knocked on his door and he opened it and I had a fire extinguisher. And I fucking, I'd never shot a fire extinguisher before. I thought it was just like a little spray. Well, he opened and I kind of threatened. He backed up and I could see the fear in his face and I shot this fire extinguisher and it fucking <laughs> took off with a fucking bullet and came and then just exploded and the whole room was in white dust. I mean, and what ensued my face when like, there's thousands of dollars of damage, this guy's fucking losing his mind. And within two seconds, every fire alarm is going off in the Sheridan and we're in the playoffs playing the Philadelphia Flyers. Everyone gets escorted out of the hotel. <laughs> I'm shitting my pants again, and not literally, but I, figuratively, and I should have been literally. And all I remember is John Muckler saying, is this any of our guys? And I went up, and I was like, oh, God, do I say anything? And I didn't, so we went to the – they came in, and they did everything. <laughs> he knew who it was. He had everything down, and we went to the rink the next morning, and he says, I'm going to give whoever had – the balls to do this, uh, a chance to stand up. And I remember fucking, do I raise it? Do I not raise it? Do I raise it? Do I... Devil on one shoulder, fucking angel <laughs> on the other. And I slowly put my hand up and he goes, how fucking stupid are you? Like you are a fucking moron. He goes, don't admit to anything. No one knows anything. We know it. And he goes, you're only fine is taking the team out for a team lunch. So yeah, not one of my brighter moments. One of the funnier ones, though. <laughs> Certainly, one of those was uh, was was good. You talk about jokes, all right? So I'm going to play one on you. You tell me what happened in Hartford one night, and and maybe was close to maybe changing the silver spoon, and what could have been maybe never was. Because if you went down to the miners, who knows where your career ends up. I'll tell you what, if I went down to the miners, I would have got lost in pranks and preps for sure and no, and would not have been recalled. But yes, okay, so Matthew, and I got I to gotta make it quicker. I love my lengthy version, but I go through a team dinner, the Hartford Whalers, in the, there's a, they play again inside a mall. We go to this restaurant, a team dinner, and I love dessert. So we, we finish our, our Chocolate meal. Chocolate dessert, I, right? I order a coconut cream pie, the best coconut cream pie I've ever had in my whole life. And it was like a mound of chocolate on top. And it was just, it was awesome shavings. It was like, not only did it look beautiful, it was awesome. So I literally, I proceeded to scrape my plate clean, ate the whole thing. It was amazing. Had no idea, completely aloof to what was going on. We go to see Hialai, which is a betting game, kind of like horse betting, but it's the racket sport with whatever. And so we go to Hialai. And I put in my bets. I got a, you know, a trifecta and an exact or whatever else I, I bet on. And I went to sit down in my seat. And if you remember Harry and Lloyd in Dumb and Dumber, when they got the, when they got the Aspen and one of them had to go, go poop. <laughs> I literally, I felt this feeling in my stomach. I've never felt before. Snorted twice, and by I, the way. And, and I ran down and literally I had to run my ass clenched i had to run into the toilet and i didn't see high life for two hours i was taking it literally i had the runs and i what couldn't stop it was i had it was the worst diarrhea like from hell so then i get so then i get i get back to the hotel and i don't sleep all night if i did sleep it was sleeping as i was sitting on the shitter now we have a game the next day. I go out. I'm minus two in the first period. John Mucker basically threatens me. Says, you're going to the minors. You're terrible. You're not prepared. What's wrong with you, kid? And every other word under the sun. 
I have no idea. I get sent to the sent to the miners. I'm crying. I get back to my hotel room because we're staying in Hartford for one more night. I have no idea what's going on, but I can't call mom and dad because the dream's over. I'm embarrassed, but it wasn't my fault. It was sick. I had diarrhea. Well, it comes to I find out that Rob Ray and Gord Donnelly shave a whole bar of 12 cubes of X-Lax oh, onto my coconut cream pie. And literally, so I had nothing to do with it. These guys almost ruined my career. And then I had a, I had a real good thought. And I, I have to throw it out there. Why not? It's public, public knowledge, somewhat. So I went down the Razor's room. I got his toothbrush. <laughs> and um, I'm not going to say any more, but you guys can all laugh because you know exactly what happened. We can envision and, it. Um, and then Robbie actually brushed his teeth that night because I made sure his team, his roommate was watching. And you know what? Good on him. Good on but him. No, you know what? <laughs> Good <laughs> hey, on hey, him. Hey, hey, the best prank, no doubt, to me. Almost ruined my life, my career. But um, I had some good teammates outside of the guys that did that joke, <laughs> and that, that actually went, you know, went to John Muckler and told him, you know, the real story. And um, I have no idea what happened beyond that. But I can tell you this: because of my reaction, not very often did did anybody want to prank me after that when they knew what I was capable of. <laughs> I knew that you were the one guy that, first of all, you, you threw bombs like you didn't ever hold on. I, I don't know how you fought like that it, it would have scared the shit out of myself but yeah we didn't want to prank you too often because i still remember when someone had cut your thing i think someone had cut a piece of clothing of yours in old saberland where we used to practice and i remember you walking in and not like you don't pick on everyone like you don't try to find out who did it i just remember your words going razor and razor's a fucking tough guy like one of the toughest guys we have ever played with he he fought everyone but this this speaks to your toughness and craziness First of all, you stuck a fork in a guy's fucking hand when you were about 15 years old, did you not? I didn't. No, no, but it was Billy Hughes okay. and Fred Wood. Okay. My two, two childhood buddies. So Fred Wood stabbed Billy. Okay. Because well, he wanted his fries. Okay. It was like. <laughs> but you were, True story. I, I do. I, I, I know. I, I've heard it. I thought it was you, but it was it was your buddy Billy Hughes. So I'm going to stay away from Billy Hughes as well. I just remember you walking into Saverland and something had a big cut and you looked Razor straight in the eyes in front of everyone. And you, you He goes, Razor, I don't give a fuck who it was, but you're going to find out who it was and you're going to rat on him because I'm going to get him. And I'm going to get you every fucking day till I find out. And I remember us going, oh, my God, this guy means business. And I was a young kid. I was like, fuck, oh, my hey, God. It's so, it's so long ago that 90% of the guys didn't shave their pews back then. That's how long ago <laughs> it was. The Charlie Hoodies, the Dave Hannons. I remember us shaving. We go there go, what the fuck are you guys doing? This is pre-millennial shit. But didn't, I, they, didn't, yeah. didn't we have, didn't, wasn't our captain, wasn't his nickname Patty Bush? <laughs> It was, it was Patty Bush. You can't tell them who the captain was, but it was 1993, no, 94. Uh, um, Google's a great thing, isn't it? I, I, I'd be remiss. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. Uh, obviously, what we we all wanted. I don't, I don't know how I go from pubes to shitting ourselves to uh, beat the shit out of guys and stabbing forks in guys' hands. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you the one thing that eluded me: uh, a Stanley Cup in Anaheim uh, with the Ducks. Uh, take me back there. The feeling, the team, everything that surrounded it. Oh, Matthew, just absolutely spe- like just special, amazing. Um, I got traded at the deadline too. Anaheim from the Colorado Avalanche, um, three and a half or three months later, plus a week, um, we won the Stanley Cup and played with, I mean, the team was amazing. And I could go through each guy and tell you what they did and how special it was. But, you know, just being part of a team to go through, you know, all that um, – there's, there's so much controversy in playoffs. I got suspended. Chris Pronger got suspended. Guys went to the hospital, had surgeries during it. Guys had family issues and, and, and some really like major things that, um, you know, would, would break an individual really. And, um, we had such a good team. We kind of helped each other through it. And at the end of the day, we were the team that, you know, we scored more goals and we stopped more. And, um, we, we are, we are a tough team too. Berkey, um, truculence, a, truculence, <laughs> truculence. Absolutely, absolutely. But we, you know what? We um, we had we had a great team. 
2007, the Ducks. And by the way, I wasn't even part of that team until the end. They were a good team all season long. Um, but you know what? The one thing I didn't do is I didn't screw it up. I was the only guy that they added at the trade deadline. And you never know. You go into a new new environment. You take a bad penalty, you could screw up their mission or whatever it is. And um, I did some crazy things, but um, I think I helped more than I hurt. And at the end of the day, we were – we were the champions at the end and the parties and the drinking and the celebrating and the pictures with grandma and grandpa and mom and dad and everyone else. Um, yeah, I, I could talk about it. I, I'm giddy right now. It's, it's a ton of fun and they're great memories, Matthew. And the one time and the only place I probably don't talk about it is when I'm around other hockey players that haven't won it. Cause I do respect the fact that, listen, we're all, we're all good enough to be in the league and some of us weren't, um, blessed with playing on the right team or the best team to to actually have a chance to win, and um, I'd never want to be that guy to to rub it in on guys that didn't win and didn't have a chance to win because um, that would be a real shithead thing to do. Um, I recognize, and I could say one name. I mean, I could say you, Matthew, for sure, and I could say Dale Howardchuck, one of the best players in the '80s, played for Win- Winnipeg, and we, he was our our teammate. He never won a Stanley Cup, but he's in the Hall of Fame. But I'll tell you what, he'd give up a lot of things to, to have a cup. Absolutely. But that doesn't – winning a cup doesn't make you um, a better a better player or have a better resume, I don't believe. Um, obviously, it's the body of work. But when you, ha- when you have an opportunity and I got traded up to the right team and it was perfect, um, I have a story to tell going forward, which is pretty cool. Speaking with Brad May, uh, NHL Stanley Cup champion, 18th season, uh, over 2,200 minutes and penalties. One of the toughest guys, one of the best guys I, I've ever played with. I'm not going to keep you much longer. I know you have to work tonight in Las Vegas. I'm going to ask you about them really quickly. Since the trade deadline, uh, how good has this team been? How important has Mark Stone been to this team and going forward? They are scary. San Jose's got to be sitting there. Talk about shit in your pants. Uh, seeing Las Vegas, what they're doing. They're, not, they're struggling a little bit in San Jose. How good is this team right now? How good are they playing? And what do you expect from them going forward? Good. You know what? Great questions. And then, you know what? I guess at the end of the day, we have no idea. Um, there's some good teams in the West. And obviously to do that, to win the West, you're going to have to play the best from the East. But um, Mark Stone's made a huge difference. Um, they won 10 of their next 11 games after Mark Stone was was added um, to this lineup. I mean, that's a hell of a run. Um, that's in the absence of Marc-Andre Fleury. He's been injured and he hasn't been in the lineup for the last few games. But yeah, the Vegas is definitely. I wouldn't. I. I don't know if I can honestly say that they're they're the best in the West, but I'll tell you what. Right now, I think they're playing the best hockey. Um, but they're going to face a team in the St. Louis Blues that that really is you know had a major comeback in their season. You got San Jose and Calgary that honestly that they could beat any team on any given night. Um, I think it's going to shape up for an unbelievable playoff, but I do like Vegas's chances and I don't bet on hockey, but if I did, I'd put money down on Vegas hundred percent. Well, I'm fucking getting killed in the NCAA. I do bet on hockey once in a while. I get killed on that too. So I just like giving my money. And when I say money, half of it, half of it's still with Christine and in Buffalo. She's enjoying it with the few houses that I gave her along the way. Uh, But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to bet on, I actually bet some on Vegas, some on Winnipeg, a little bit on Tampa. Yeah, I, I'm actually coming to Vegas. I hope you're going to be in town. It, it'll be during the playoffs. So uh, I think April, I can't remember, uh, like end of April. I'll, uh, I'll send you dates. We'll get together for sure. Broadcasting, how has it been in Las Vegas in that market? Oh, it's unbelievable. Like, what a, what a great environment. Vegas has been a ton of fun. The city loves hockey. It's the best, it's the best hockey game to, to, to go watch in the National Hockey League. And I don't care where you're from, whether it's New York, Toronto, Montreal, the greatest places, the original six buildings don't even hold a candle. I mean, certainly the history they have going for them, all those great markets, but to actually be a fan and go to a game, Las Vegas, hundred percent, number one, and probably number two for me would be Nashville um, as a fan. Cause it's yeah. just so fun. Both cities are so fun. And imagine two warmer cities, obviously one South, one West. And it's a great thing. The game of hockey is growing. They're developing kits from all over in every state and, and city. And, it's a ton of fun. Matthew, I think we played at the right time because it's getting a lot more competitive, more global. And, and you know what? Um, for me to be a part of this new organization has been a, been a ton of fun and a joy. And, and um, I don't take it for granted. I enjoy myself. But um, 
I'm 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 awfully proud. Yeah, no. and I have I I work work with some great people. Um, Nick Gizmondi is my partner, and he's a he's a ton of fun to be around. Last question before I do the Barney Five, which is rapid fire, and then I'm going to let you go, get back to work. Brad May again, 18 seasons, Stanley Cup champion, toughest guy you ever fought in the National Hockey League. Um, Derek Bugard. Wow, wow, yeah, he was tough, the boogeyman. Second. Second toughest guy. Yeah. Um, I would. Oh God, that's a tough one. Um, I would say. God, Wade Bielak, maybe. You 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 played with both those guys as well, didn't you? No, I never. I didn't play with Bugard, <laughs> Bugard or or Bielak. Oh, I thought you played with both. Uh, you were in Toronto, yeah, just uh, for a cup of coffee. Like I was in Tampa Bay, just enough to collect a few paychecks, and then I was on our way. All right, I'm going to finalize this with the Barney Five. Okay, it's rapid fire. Uh, go throughout. We know who number one is. So the first question is cheapest guy you've ever played with, and the answer is. Oh, it's Rob Ray, 100%. Absolutely. Two, best player you ever played with? Best player, Pavel Datsuk, far and away. Three, the funniest. Oh, my God, funniest. You might be you might be part of that because you're such a goofball, but um, <laughs> funniest. Oh, you know what? No, funniest. Funniest. Mark, general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. I agree. Where'd you play with Bergey? Uh, Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah, he's the funniest guy he's, I've ever played hey, with either. Hey, he's so good. He's so, so good. good. So good. Worst body. Worst body. Worst body. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Give me a second here because there's been some real ugly ones. <laughs> there, there are um, some ugly ones, especially early on in our career, the older guys. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Worst body. God. I can't. I don't remember. I'll tell you what. Who had the worst bush? You might have been our captain. Oh, definitely. <laughs> that thing that thing looked like a chewed up caramel inside there. <laughs> uh, dumbest. Dumbest guy you've ever played with. Um, dumbest guy. I no, I can't do that. I can't I can't win somebody, but I can tell you what. Christoph Ola was the dumbest guy I've ever played with, by far, far and away. Okay, okay. I um Yeah, I, I can't go there. You're gonna abstain? I, I, You're gonna abstain? I'll tell you right now. If I told if I told you Christoph Oliwal was the dumbest guy, he, he'd find both of us, and I'd be afraid. <laughs> I, I'm not going there. Those biceps, yeah. He actually, I said it one day on the air, and I I don't know how, but he was he found out, and someone told him, and he actually texted me. He goes, "You do not fucking say that about me. I'm not fucking still like you. Actually, are <laughs> you are <laughs> you're you're a great guy, and now I'm actually gonna look like lock my doors twice and it bolted." All, all throughout. Maisie, you're the absolute best. I have so many stories I could go to when you missed a flight in New York and flew to San Jose. We're going to have you on again. Hey, hey let's tell, and we'll tell, we'll, t- we'll, we'll tell those stories later for sure. We will. Uh, and, and by the way, Sam, your, your daughter would look absolutely great with the name Barnaby marrying my son, Matthew. And I know Tyler bangs the ball 40 yards by you. Thank you so much for everything. Say hi to Bridget, Tyler, Sam. You're an unbelievable guest, unbelievable guy, unbelievable broadcaster, and unbelievable former player. Thanks, Maisie. I really appreciate it. Your last comment is put you in the doghouse. And I swear <laughs> to God, you ever talk about my daughter like that again, I'm coming after you. If you're going to lock your doors for Kristoff, get ready, Matthew. Get ready for me. Have a great show. Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. <laughs> Love you. See you later, buddy. Bye. That's Brad May. 18 seasons, almost 300 points, over 2,200 penalty minutes. World Junior Champion, Stanley Cup Champion. Like I said, one of the toughest guys. Never, ever, ever held on. I have so many other stories with him. I could literally go on for hours and hours and hours. You don't meet... A tougher guy, you don't meet a better family guy, you don't meet a nicer guy, a better teammate. Uh, just just everything that he embodies, uh, that is what Brad May is. Uh, Stanley Cup champion, like I said, what he added to that team was toughness, and I think everyone around them played so much, so much bigger because he had the ability uh, to let you be comfortable and do what he did. Uh, the Mayday goal, uh, like I said, I was 19 years old when I got called up to that team. And uh, right away, he took me in. I, I remember fighting Brad. Uh, so I came in. We had a rookie camp my first year. And Brad was it was in his second year, and, and he really didn't understand why he had to do it, go to this rookie camp after playing a, a year in the National Hockey League. And John Muckler told him, you do not fight Matthew Barnaby. 
I don't care. Matthew's like 165 pounds. I don't want you hurting him. So it was in Niagara Falls where he played junior. And Maisie's a very proud guy. Would have destroyed me at the time. He knew it. So I'm trying to make my name. He had fought Rob in his first camp. And first shift, I come over and I like run it, try to run him over. And Maisie looks at me and, and, and I, I shake my gloves. I'm like, let's, let's fucking go. Let's go. And he goes, get the fuck away from me. Get away from me. He looks up and he really wants to beat the shit out of me. Like I can see it in his eyes. And he looks up top o- over the perch where John Muckler, all the scouting staff and the coaching staff was. And he looks up and John Muckler shakes his head like, no, you can't touch him. So he skates away, whatever. I come out the next shift and I'm fucking running around hitting everyone and I fucking try to jump and I fucking try to run him over and I kind of bounce off and I shake my gloves and I look at him and he looks at me, he looks up at the perch and he looks at John Muckler and he shakes his head again, says, nope, nope, can't do it, can't do it. You, you're, 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 you're fucking crazy, but get the fuck away from me or I'm going to fucking kill you. So I go on, I play, whatever. Next shift I come back out, I try to run him over because he's the toughest guy. I want to make a name. I, I want that opportunity. I know I'm going to lose, but I'm going I'm to go after him. Next time I come off, I fucking try to run him over. Again, I fall down. I get back up. I shake my gloves. Maisie looks up one more time. John Muckler nods his head. Yes. We go at it. We hit each other a few times pretty hard. He definitely gets the better of me. Hits me with a bomb at the end. And this is how good Brad May is. He looks at me at the end of the fight we go into the, into the box, we start talking, we come back out, and it's in between periods, and we're skating around, he comes up beside me, he goes, kid, keep doing what you're doing, I fucking love it, I respect you so much, but fucking leave me alone, I mean, fucking leave me alone, go after these other fucking morons, leave me alone, I don't want to fight, I'm not supposed to fight you, but you're leaving me no choice, and he goes, I respect you, do what you do, I'll take care of you, you're going to be a Buffalo Saver for a lot of years to come, so... I respect Brad so much. Time. I think it's that time. That time for Drambuie Island. Mama B, are you there? Hello. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Yeah? You're all good? Are we into the cocktails yet? No, I've had, yes, I'm having a glass of wine. Yeah? What would you have before the wine? Anything before the wine? Yes, I had my Caesar. Oh, Caesar and a wine. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Doing good. pretty good. Guess who I just talked to? Who? Brad May. Oh, I like him. Yeah, not not in a sexual kind of way, right? No sex at all. Okay, I'm just checking. He I'm just going, making sure. He he he. He's going out with his girlfriend, like his wife. Yeah, they've been married wife. about 25 years now. Yep, they've been yeah, married about yeah. 25 years. Two beautiful she was a kids. Nice girl. Very good girl. Very good girl. Yeah. yeah, he was he was great and loved following up. We had lots of laughs. So, Drambui Island. I, I got a few things for you this week. All right. What's that? I, I was I was going through some paperwork, and I meant uh, to ask you this a long, long time ago. I haven't looked at my birth certificate in a lot of years. Did you know that? Yeah. I'm do you old. do you remember my birth certificate? Well, I remember several. Is there is there any you you remember several of my birth certificates? <laughs> Am I was I born in separate places? Am I a different person? No, 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 no. Well, for different reasons. You can know? I can I ask a question? What? Well, I guess I can ask a question because I have you on the air and this is your segment, which I absolutely love. Why on my birth certificate is there a name and it's crossed out? Right. And then there's another name, Matthew. First of all, what is that name? Neil. Why the fuck is there another name and why is it crossed out? Why didn't you like like really mark it out so no one could see it was Neil instead of just crossing it out? I don't know how come. I don't know how come. You know, that's a long time ago. That's fucking strange. There, there, there's, an, there's another but man's... There was something. No, another... Were you drunk while you were giving birth? No, I wasn't drunk. I didn't do it. You don't do it when you're giving birth. You wait, I think, about a couple of days you're in the hospital and you write up all this stuff. But my friend wanted me to call you Neil. How, how, how long was I Neil for? How many days? You were never Neil. I was I never Neil. Well, they, I, I was Neil for a second. The fucking, my, my, it's on my birth certificate. I'm going to tweet out a picture to all my followers here. Right, Neil is on it. I don't understand that at all. Because I know my friend, uh, she wanted me to call, you to be called Neil. She loved that name. And I said, well, you know, 
I'm not doing it. I'm calling him Matthew. Okay. And I don't know how that name got on. Is that is that the name on there? That's the name on there. It's Neil. It's Neil. No, so I don't, I don't know how it got on there. That I don't understand. Okay. What what what's my dad's? Because I, I need to know this for various reasons. What's my what's my real last name supposed to be? Houston. Houston. So my name really should be Neil Houston, not Matt Barnaby. No, your name is Matthew. No, I it was it was Neil, Neil for a second, but I but, but but I was almost a Neil Houston. No, can that be my I, can that be I my? Never, por- I was never going to give you that man's name. Can, can that be my porn name? Your porn name. Yeah, because usually you take like your first dog and the first street you lived on, and that's your porn name. Yeah. Well, what I, would your porn? What, what was the first street you lived on? Oh, I lived in the country. Well, I lived on Vanier Road. Vanier. So Vanier. And what was your, do you? Do you remember your first pet? Did you guys have a pet? We had lots of them. What was you? Do you remember one of them? Daisy. So yours would have been. Oh, I like that. That's a good porn name. Daisy Vanier. Daisy Vanier is my mom's porn name. I'm going to start calling okay, you Daisy. I have a porn name now. You got That's a porn nice. name. You're good. Okay. You're good. So so my, my porn name now is Neil Houston. And oh. my my fake name, I guess, is Matthew Barnaby. I, I like Matthew That's Barnaby way better. That's your real name. Oh. That's your real well, name. Well, I was Neil for, for a hot second. I don't know how that, Neil, I don't know how that came about being. Okay. That I don't know. No. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with it. When did you get that? Well, when I looked at my birth certificate, I had to do things when I when I was doing my green card, and I remember seeing my uh, my birth you certificate. You it to me. No, I'm, I'm I'm bringing it up now. I thought it would be better theater if we did it now. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna play a game. We're gonna play a game, and I'm gonna let you get back to the the vino. The what kind of wine do you drink, by the way? White wine. White wine. White wine. Yeah. Not out of a box, though, right? No, I don't like box wine. All right, good, good. Okay, we're gonna play a game. What's okay. The game? I'm going to call it. It's called Fuck, uh, uh, Kill, Mary. Fuck, Kill, Mary. Fuck, Kill, Mary. Okay. That's a hell of a name. Okay, do you know how to play the game? What kind of a name or a game is that? Do you know how to play the game? No, I'm Fuck, Kill, and Mary. So I'm going to name Mary. three people. Okay, and you have to fuck one of them. You have to kill one of them. And you have to marry one of them. Marry or marry? Marry. Marry them. Marry like wedding bells. Dun, 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 marry. Marry. Oh, I, thought you, I thought you said marry the girl name. No, no. Marry them. So you have, to, you, have to, you have to bang one of them. You have to kill one of them. And you have to marry one of them. Well, wedding I bells. Kill anybody. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's the game. It's a game everyone plays. All the kids play it. It's fun. All the kids play that game. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Ted Nolan... Donald Trump, your brother George. Which one do you fuck? Which one do you kill? Which one do you marry? Oh, can't kill anybody. Well, you have to kill oh, someone. Yeah, Donald Trump. Donald oh, Trump. Okay, so we're killing Donald Trump. Kill. Okay, we'll kill Donald. Okay, so you have to marry your brother George. No, I don't have to marry my brother George. Or you have to fuck your brother George. Oh, Lord. Because you have to fuck, kill, and marry one of them. Oh goodness! So you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you have to fuck Teddy Nolan and marry him, or you have to fuck your uncle, your brother George, or marry him. So which one would you fuck, and which one would you marry? Oh, I think I'd go after Teddy. To I marry or fuck? No, I think I could marry him. Okay, so you're gonna marry him, <laughs> and you're going to fuck your brother. <laughs> oh, that's what all I'm right. Saying. Well, that that game just took no. a turn for the worst, Mom. <laughs> We got oh some serious issues. We're going to work on this game next week. What I, is what's the serious issues? Well, you you just incest, said incest. Yeah, you, yeah, incestuous. Well, I forgot about I forgot about the fuck one. Yeah, yeah, you know you you're you're fucking your brother. Well, that's good. I don't want to fuck my brother. No. Okay. I love you, mom. I I think I'll marry my brother and fuck Teddy. So you're going to you're going to marry your brother and fuck Teddy. And fuck Teddy. I love it. And then it says it is more incest again. Well, it's incestuous, but at least you don't have to touch them if you really don't want to. That's like most marriages, right? That's true. You marry them, you don't have to bang them ever again. Once you get married, you don't have to touch them anymore. You're good. You're good. So 
you go. Yep. There you go. Yep. Well, I get it. Daisy, have a great day. I love you. And uh, Daisy, in, in, now you're calling me Daisy. Yeah, you're my girl Daisy. Your porn name. You should call me Daisy May. Daisy Vanier. Daisy yeah, Vanier. Daisy May. Daisy da- May was a ca- cartoon character. Oh, was she? Yeah. Well, was it a cartoon character? No, it was Daisy Duke. Was uh, Dukes of Hazard? That's right. No, no. This is Daisy May. She was a cart. It was a. It was a cartoon. Well, uh, and, and the citizen. Well, you yeah. are you are Daisy Vanier. That's your porn name, and you're going to marry your brother. You're going to kill Trump, and you're going to fuck Teddy Nolan. Mom, thank you. I really appreciate you being on. Poor Enjoy Teddy, the vino. I what? I hope Teddy doesn't hear about this. Well, I I, I Teddy's think Teddy's got a very lovely wife. He does. He does. All right. Love you, mom. Salut from uh, Drambuie Island. Later. Bye, mom. That's my mom. That's Drambuie Island. Doesn't get any better than that. So my mom decided, yep, she's going to marry Teddy Nolan. Great guy. Love, love Teddy. She's going to kill Donald Trump. There's a lot of people that want to kill Donald Trump. A lot of people love him. A lot of people hate him. My mom hates him. That's for sure. She's definitely a left-wing-er. Not in hockey, but in politics. She was a social worker, by the way, growing up. And she's going to marry her brother, George. A little concerning. And I found out. Uh, yes, my porn name is Neil Houston. So I am a Neil Houston, and, and my my made-up name, I guess, is Matthew Barney. I'm glad it really is. Uh, thank you. Uh, great day. Great guests. My mom was a rock star as usual. Brad May, loved having him on. Great teammate, great person, like I said. Stanley Cup champion. Wanted him very badly to be my first guest. He lived up to all expectations, doing phenomenal work with the Vegas Golden Knights. We're having a phenomenal season once again. Uh, thank you, everyone. I hope everyone does well in their brackets in the NCAA. I hope you all do well in gambling. And I'm going to leave you with this thought. Uh, my quote for the young kids out there today, don't pet a burning dog. You will get burned. Trust me. Have a great day. This was Matthew Barnaby Unfiltered. Love you guys. See you soon. You're safe. We got you. We're here. I'm a fire. Okay. Oh, All right, you're not on fire. I knew it. You're lying. I'm fire. There is no fire. Come back here. But something looks wrong. I mean, he's running around like, like he's on fire. Oh my God, help me! I don't want to die. Oh, stop, stop and roll. You're not on fire, Ricky Bobby. I'm on fire. You're not on fire. But I'm not even sure he even knows where he's at right now. This makes us all realize the kind of pressure these drivers are under.